whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications in American University. In each episode, we talk to someone who you might see in the theater, either on stage, backstage, or in the house, about an original cast album they love. And today we are joined by actress, it's Sophie Schulman, everybody. Hi. Hi, Sophie. How are you? I'm all right. How You're are all right? You doing? I'm doing just fine. And you chose... Tell the folks what you chose. I chose Funny Girl. Someday they'll clamor for my drama. Have you guessed yet? Who's the best yet? If ya ain't, I'll tell ya. One more time. You've been to last time. And all in the world so far. I'm the greatest, greatest. Which has been discussed, talked around in this show a couple times because Barbara Streisand was cast as Fanny Bryce instead of being in Anyone Can Whistle or Flora the Red Menace, actually, which we've discussed on this show. I did not know that. Yeah, she went with, uh, or they went with Funny Girl. And I think everybody made the right decision. I think you're right. In that, I think everybody came out. So I have here, we're going to do a bit of a reveal, which we've never done on the show. Okay. So... I, I just moved, as you know, and I just unpacked my record collection, and I found, Whoa. I knew I had this, however, you might notice something about it. It is sealed. That's crazy. And it is also in mono, uh, which means that I think it is, it is certainly an early pressing of that record. So that record wow. is about 50 years old. So what I'd like to do is open it <gasps> here with you. I can what? hear... Robbie Rozelle crying a little bit, but I'm going to open this. This okay. is auspicious because it is also, you'll notice the plastic's a little ripped. Like it's not perfectly, okay. perfectly All sealed. Right. I feel better. But even so, I believe these things are meant to be uh, to be opened and listened to and, and all that. But it has a gatefold here, so I'm going to use my keys, pardon me, to open this little <laughs> slot there. And we're going to open this thing up and take a look at it. Whoa. Because you hear that. That's good radio right there. <laughs> Got a little water damage on the corner there. I bought this for like a dollar. Oh my god, it's like. Uh oh. Oh, there we go. Wow. So there you go. You can open that up and you can so see cool. the gatefold sleeve of Funny Girl Gosh. with Sydney Chaplin and Barbara Streisand. Such great photos. And then I'm going to take a picture of you looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> she just put out an album. Yes, it she just did. Came out. Yeah, she did. She's yeah. been touring. Yeah, she was I could at the not Winter Garden. Go to her concert here, and I was very upset because uh, I myself was on stage. Ah, so uh, well, see, that's good. Yes, that and is the best go. reason. to That's miss a great reason to miss like a concert that, like that. Absolutely, it was still depressing. So, how did Funny Girl come into your uh, your life? So, my mother has always loved musicals, and it was one that she loved growing up. And actually, her best friend, her best friend's mother, no, her best friend's father was the president of William Morris oh, okay. during its heyday. And Barbara was one of their clients. Okay. So 
it was one of her favorites as well, and she became an agent. And she's sort of like my musical theater aunt, surrogate aunt. So she always gave me cast albums and compilations, and she had also been an agent for a while, so she had some, like, crazy backers albums of things that never happened, and she loved Funny Girl as well. So between the two of them, I listened to it from maybe, like, eight or nine. Oh, wow. And I actually listened to it every night for a really long time on my little CD player, like, while I fell asleep. Sure. And it is burned into I my I would say brain. deeply into your brain. Yes. My gosh. Although I will say that was the soundtrack to the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I came to the Broadway cast album a little later. A little later. Okay. They are very different. They are they very, very different. very, very different songs. So the movie incorporated a lot more of what were actually Fanny Bryce's songs. Songs right. like My Man and... Um, I can't remember a couple other ones, but one, basically all the vaudeville numbers were back, yes. except for um, the classic uh, His Love Makes Me Beautiful. That is in the movie and, and the in the show. show yes, yes. So, but that's a Julie Stein uh, and yes. Bob, Merrill, Bob Merrill tune. Yeah, And sadly, the movie does not include things such as Cornette Man. Cornette Man. And also Private Schwartz from Rockwell. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, maybe my favorite. Oh, that's track. good. Probably. I don't know. Yeah? Private Schwartz from Rockaway? I do love it. (laughs) So, have you ever done this show? I have never even seen this show. Wow. Because no one ever does it. So, I was in this show. Whoa. In high school. And what did you play? Would you like to guess who I played? There's only like four guys. So, like, I did have a name. I wasn't in the chorus. Were you, is his name Fred? He's not in the movie, really. You mean Eddie? The dancer? Yes, Eddie Ryan. Yes, yes. that was I. I was Eddie I Ryan, dance captain, Fred. choreographer, and uh, singer of another song. You that taught is, her everything she Yes, does. which I think is, uh, I mean, I know why it's not in the movie, because the movie is, is, a, is a Barbra Streisand vehicle. Right. I mean, that's what that movie's about. So all the secondary characters get kind of pushed yes. to the side. But that song is great. It's a great number. And who taught her everything she knows? Like a bird, yes, indeed. But who used to stand there and feed her the seed? Who taught her how to pick her clothes? Eddie, that I did. Yeah, but who taught her how to tap her toes? But will she admit it? Kid, you said it. They all forget they know ya when it comes to credit. Tell me, have you ever seen her take this pose? I taught her everything, how to hook and how to sing. I taught her everything she knows. The crowd went nuts for it every night just because it's a fun number. It's a really fun yeah. song. Yeah, I would say most of the songs that aren't in the movie are great, with the exception, Ooh, with the exception of, of, of Henry Street. <laughs> oh, you don't like Henry Street? I had a dance solo in Henry Street. Not, not a great number. Although, Rick, do you know Rick Westerkamp? I don't know Rick Westerkamp. He's also an actor around town. And we always joke that, like, there's always a Henry Street. You have to get through the Henry Street. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I like Henry Street. That's fun. It's so 1960s musical. It's really like, clearly the leads needed to change clothes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, but that's what all those songs are. I mean, that's, that's, it's giving her a break. It's a really fun show, I have to say. It's just so much. So what, um, 
did you, is this a show that or a film? I mean, we'll talk about them kind of both. That you saw yourself in, or was it just you just were absolutely obsessed with the music and that was that was enough? Um, I would say both. I think I definitely have. It's it's one hundred percent my number one dream role. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it's a great musical, but I think it is the first role that I saw in a musical where I was like, oh, that's me. Like, that that part, I could play that. Because everything, every other movie musical you watch as a kid, the lead is like this sort of waspy, mm-hmm. beautiful ingenue. Right. And I was like, like the song, the the first song where the mother is talking to all her friends the, yeah, if a girl isn't pretty. Yeah, if a girl isn't pretty. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that song's about me. Like, Aww. I get that. <laughs> but, like, not in a, not in, like, a self-deprecating way. I think Barbara Streisand is really beautiful, but she's not beautiful in the sense that, like, she belongs well, in she's a Well, she's not a chorus girl. I mean, that's, yeah, the, yeah she's not a, a, certainly not a Follies chorus she, girl. Yeah. I mean, even this, like, I pulled up the recent re- revival they just did last December in London um, with Sheridan Smith. I mean, she is... She like there's that great Simpsons quote about where that Mo has in one episode where talking about his acting career when he was and like that he was called ugly ugly because there's like TV yeah. ugly but he's yeah. ugly ugly like she's not even TV ugly no. like so she's just pretty she's just offbeat I would even say yeah. like you could see the like bad Hollywood casting of this would be um, Zoe Deschanel. Uh-huh. Who's quirky, and they're just like, see, that's the thing. Like right. she's just quirky, and it's but like, no, 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 no. Like Fanny Bryce was odd, odd, yeah. And Barbara Streisand's a bit odd in a mm-hmm. really beautiful. Like I love the term, the French term, jolie led. That's like ugly pretty. Mm-hmm. Like the the parts like don't really work for some reason, but they also work. Yeah. for some reason. It's be- it's beautiful and it's yeah in yeah. its composition. Yeah, and that's why right. when they were going to revive it on Broadway with Lauren Ambrose. Yeah, and everyone was like, no, no. no. Well, even that Leah girl Michelle. Yeah, and even Leah Michelle that was often talked about as <sighs> that uh, I could take, but Lauren Ambrose. But it's. I love mean, her. Love, yes, certainly. She's very but there's, 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 yeah, that's not well because the original. The, you know who was originally cast as Fanny Bryce? The reason the project actually got made in my research, I found I out. I feel like I knew, but now is Mary Martin. Yeah, that's who is certainly not traditionally pretty. No, in that sort of lead female She's also... way. Not a Jew. Yes, which was actually apparently Sondheim's objection when he was attached to the project ever so briefly as the lyricist. He was just like, no, she's, you need you need somebody who's Jewish to play that part. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly seen people effectively play, like, iconically Jewish roles in Fiddler, mm-hmm. pers- for example. But often I find it's not the look so much as it is the music of the jokes like there's a particular music and mm-hmm. lilt that like just comes with that heritage. Like when I listen to Private Schwartz, I'm like, oh yeah, it sounds exactly like my grandparents. I'm Private Schwartz in Rockaway, and I guess you heard reports that the Kaiser runs a black away. 
They're not necessarily funny in that way, but right. but when they do tell a joke, like that's the way. It's like in Fiddler, the like the way he sees and the way she looks. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect, perfect. match. Like there's something like inherently Jewish about that, but I couldn't really tell you what it was. Well, it's like I mean, it's the thing that Lenny Bruce talks about how certain things are Jewish and certain things are goyish, in the sense of just like like white bread is goyish. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It could be yeah. made by a Jewish bakery. It's yeah. goyish. And Absolutely. but you know, and rye bread is Jewish. Yes. There's just there's a certain flavor and personality that makes meaning that people who are not Jewish can be Jewish in their presentation, I think is what yes. another thing he was talking about. What he was meaning that to be was interesting, colorful, and again offbeat. And and yeah, so but there's also a confidence that mm-hmm. I think one of the things that Barbara Streisand and Fanny Bryce, from what I've seen in her limited like mm-hmm. videos films available of her they they share this dogged confidence yes that is only unexpected because that's not how we expect women who look like that in performance to behave we expect them to be the friend right not stepping forward and doing what they did in a very yeah. you know leading and having that presence and that ability to to command the stage we just don't expect yeah. it yeah yeah. And I think the musical does such a good job of showing that in the mix of the number of comedy songs, but also some like really serious dramatic ballads, which she does just as well in the same way that Fanny Bryce, mm-hmm. when she sings My Man, is absolutely beautiful and mm-hmm. arresting. But like it's hard for someone who looks like that to get the chance to sing a song like that. Well, and that's the great thing about the show, the way it's written to me, is her refusal to believe that Nikki Arnstein likes her. Her refusal to trust it. Yeah. She just can't trust it. And, you know, he has to keep telling her over and over and over again that, like, no, no, I want to be seen with you. I mean, as the song says, I want to to go out with you. Down to the point where, like... When in the seduction and quotation mark scene, he has to like be so overt because otherwise she just won't, she won't get it. I think he realizes in that moment that like I have to say, you are woman, I am man. Like let's, (laughs) you know, this is, this is how this is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the song and her bits of that where she just sings like the little asides, the what would Nellie do stuff. It just cracks me up. She's amazing. Still can't even, can't even handle it. But it makes sense given the experiences that she had trying to get roles like mm-hmm. in the beginning of the show in the movie when you see her doing that like ridiculous roller skating number yeah. with grapes on her shoulder for right. some reason um like no one will take her seriously and i feel like serious numbers can sort of be equated to like having someone believe that you're beautiful like only the beautiful girls get to sing the dramatic love song because no one could believe that a girl who looks like that could have a love story. But she's also very self-aware as a performer because when they give her, I mean, there's a great scene in the play yeah. and in the movie when Ziegfeld gives her her big moment and she just says, this is wrong. Yeah. No one's going to buy this. You're right. going to make me. And it's, but it's not only the thing of, I think he believes like, no, people will think this is funny. Right. And she has this the, the intelligence to know it's not the right kind of funny. Yeah. 
I don't want to be the butt of the joke. I want us right, all to be in yeah. on the joke together. I want them laughing with me, not at me. Yeah. And her refusal to accept that bit and just take and put in the belly and be like, this is now, this yeah. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, this is the only way I can do this song. This was not an easy show to get produced, though, apparently. I found out that um, Ray Stark, um, who is Fanny Bryce's son-in-law, commissioned like a book uh, about her life that he hated and actually paid a lot of money to stop publication on. Then he commissioned a screenplay from like 50 different writers and never got one. But Isabel Lenart, who wrote the book to this musical, wrote a screenplay everybody liked. And then uh, what happened, what I say, it wouldn't have been made without Mary Martin because Mary Martin read the screenplay and said, this would be a good Broadway musical and Uh, I'd want to star in mm -hmm. it. And Ray Stark went, awesome. Let's do that. And then took it to David Merrick, who took it to Julie Stein and Stephen Sondheim. And then that's when the sort of like Julie Stein stuck with it, but Sondheim left it. And Bob Merrill came in. But like, and then at some point, Mary Martin dropped out and Bancroft was cast. That right. fell apart. I, I buy that. I buy that too. She, she, she's more right, certainly, than Mary Martin. Yeah. Um, well, she's Jewish. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that I helps. I also love her. Right. Everybody will. I, I mean, also who, love Mary Martin. Who doesn't but... love Anne Bancroft? Um, but it went through this torture, and then apparently even the show was, like, I didn't realize. So um, Garson Kanan, who directed it, with assistance from Jerome Robbins, wrote a book about the production, a novel, fictionalization, called Smash, which you may recognize yeah, that title, because I it do. then became the basis for the television show. So all that stuff you kind of see in the TV show Smash apparently is about fan- is about making Funny Girl. Now, not all of it, obviously. Sure. But they like, probably know what a dramaturg was, which Smash had a little trouble pro- with. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not the form. To, I mean, it may, actually, it's the perfect form to talk about Smash, but I'm, I'm not willing to. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on. Christian Borle's amazing, and that's yeah, all I'm going to say. That's uh, how it, I feel yeah, about that Yeah, a lot well. of feelings about Smash. I can't believe Bombshell's still a thing that people are talking about. Anyway, moving past <laughs> For such a tempestuous production, I mean, the show did run for almost 1,300 performances yeah. once it made it to New York, and obviously made Barbara Streisand's career. Absolutely. So much so she never did another Broadway show again. I know. <laughs> how tragic is that? It really is. I mean, she definitely has a thing about live performance. I actually watched a very depressing last, not this album, but I think her last album, she agreed to do one interview. She did an interview with Ellen DeGeneres. What kind of music do you listen to at home? What do you like? I don't listen to music. Really? No. Never? Not if I can help it. Wow. (laughs) Do you sing around the house ever? Oh, no. God, why? (laughs) Because you have the most beautiful voice that people love to listen to? You don't ever sing around the house? No, God, no. Wow. I would never even dream of it. It's like not even a thing. We don't even think of that. Sure you do. We think of it, and we're not Barbara Streisand. Because you don't have my voice, so therefore you think about it. Yeah. But mine is... In the shower? No, how silly standing there singing in the shower. Why would I do that? I'm Millions of up, people I'm do it. My hair. Right. No. You never. And we got nothing to be guilty. No, 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 no. I just it made me hurt inside so badly. I don't know. I don't. I I will confess at this point, I don't have any great affection for Barbara Streisand. But I don't have any dislike for her either. I just have no, like, I have, a, in my record collection, I have Barbara Jones Streisand, uh, that LP, which I like, mm-hmm. uh, the Broadway album of hers, and Funny Girl. 
And like that's my Barbra Streisand collection. Sure. And there's several of her films I enjoy. I think, for example, What's Up Doc is an amazing film. Yeah. Seen, yeah. If you if you haven't seen What's Up Doc, go go see What's Up Doc. Like pause this and go see What's Up Doc. Um, so I certainly think she's a great performer. She's obviously great in, in Funny Girl the movie. I and I love um, Yentl and sure. a, a lot of her directing. But she is not somebody who ever. I never understood the fandom she inspired. So I find all that sort of thing so depressing. All that sort of like her being standoffish and private. And, and then there was yeah. this whole thing a couple years ago, the play, the one person show about. Oh, it's so good. Her department store. Yeah, buyer and yes. seller. Have I you just, seen it? I have not seen it. No. Oh but. my gosh. It's amazing. I saw it in San Francisco with um, Michael Yuri. Mm-hmm. And it was. Absolutely incredible. I heard it was amazing, and he I loved is... the interviews I heard with him. And it all—it sounded right. like something I—I def- I just never got up to, to New York to see it. He used to be local and work at oh, Folter all the time. Oh, um, he's great, and it was great. Yeah, I understand it based on her theater work. I can't say I listen to her solo albums ever, mm-hmm. but like I love Funny Girl. I love uh, On a Clear Day. I love Hello mm-hmm. Dolly. I love pins and needles like that stuff I could listen to for forever no one can color a voice like she can sometimes to a point she actually there's a great uh, some great YouTube videos of Seth Rudetsky from the Broadway Mm -hmm. channel deconstructing her and she just like will create vowels and consonants that just simply aren't there. Okay. He will point out parts of Cornette Man where she just makes up words. Like instead of you just hmm. you're assuming that she's saying the correct word, but if you actually listen to it, she's really not. Hmm. She says a powder blue Norfolk suit, a silver plated Wawa mute is what it should be like a mm-hmm. trumpet mute. Right. She says mule and she emphasizes the L. Like it's mule. Huh. Who carries in his satchel a powder blue Norfolk suit? <laughs> a silver-plated mute. <laughs> like it is clearly an L. Hmm. And I think sometimes she's like, "Well, it's easier to sing, so right. I'm gonna make it sound amazing." Well, it does sound amazing. It I'm not, truly does. Yeah, he is a huge fan of hers. Okay. But well, his, I mean, a lot of people are. I mean, his I mentioned constructions are great. I mentioned Robbie Rizal at the top of this, who's a, a designer in in New York, and 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 I've become acquainted with on Twitter because of this podcast. And he's been tweeting for weeks about the album and going to see her in concert. And I I just it is not something that I un, I, I don't understand. And I really I I, I don't and I don't. I don't. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't want to verge into disrespect because I do understand the idea of it. I understand liking somebody that much, but she is not ever someone who captured me in that way. Whereas it sounds like, I mean, at least a little more, she did with you. Oh, she's like my number one. Okay. I mean, I wish she had been more theatrically prolific. Mm-hmm. It, but well, two shows is is. I mean, and that's it. It's, yeah. I can get it for you wholesale on this. I mean, I think. She did does have like a weird thing about public performances. There was so bomb threat at one of her concerts right. once, and after that, she just right. kind uh, of swore it off. She is. I mean, she is famous. In, the other thing is like she's famous in a way that is transcendent. I mean, she's like she's she's so famous she can't leave her house. She's that kind of famous, right. which I understand colors your existence. 
absolutely. And it makes you it react to things. It does. It sounds absolutely <laughs> awful to me. I just think me it's too. it's the work that doesn't attract me nope. at all. Um, you know, I like leaving my house, but it's so funny to me that she never went back to no. the stage after this. I think it is like a phobia. Yeah. It feels to me more like like she's truly hates the idea of it of mm. doing eight shows a week. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, it's not to, you know, cast aspersions. No, certainly not. But it is a shame. And I really it's think a real that shame. and you imagine that Now, I I wonder if at this point she even could. Like I think the expectation would be so unbelievably high. And like you say, seeing her live is so rare anyway that like yeah. the chance to see her eight times a week like it would be it'd be chaos probably. I don't think she even has the desire though like I'm sure many people would clamor for the chance to produce anything I'm sure she, she gets offers if she I mean no question yeah. if she wanted to she could I just yeah. think she does not and she doesn't have to so. no she really doesn't have to. She doesn't, <laughs> she have, to doesn't do anything. have to do anything at all. Yeah, she's got no. a department store in her basement. So. She, oh god, that is so. <laughs> she doesn't really. Let's. You know. <laughs> well, she has what? The, what's the truth of that? Do you know what the? Um, I think what she has is like her stuff in the basement is kind of grouped. Okay. That's it. Okay. There's not like a person that works there. Well, that I knew was not. Yeah, which is the conceit, the conceit of the show. Of the show. Right. Which is so good. Yeah. Okay. Highly recommend. All right. Even just reading it. Okay. I can do that. So good. So young Sophie sees herself mm-hmm. on on the stage oh, yeah. as Fanny Bryce or as totally. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. And what? <laughs> so where is this something that you kept coming back to this show? Is this something that, or was it? This was what sort of springboarded you, and then you found it again later. Um, I feel like I've listened to it pretty consistently. I hadn't, when I listened to it today, I realized I hadn't listened to it in a while. And I certainly don't listen to it going to sleep in every night anymore. <laughs> um, I still love it just as much. It's one that I'm proud to have loved. Whereas oh, there, okay. are, there are many shows from my youth that I'm like, ooh, Sophie. Oh, yeah? Cats, why? Oh, because it's cats. Yeah. Everybody likes cats when they're a child. Or like I really liked Phantom. Mm-hmm. I know you love Les Mis. I do. I do not. Oh. You will. But yeah, I think it definitely holds up beyond my childhood love. I think it's actually a really well-written show Mm -hmm. with some incredible performances. And by performances, I mostly mean performances. Well, most of the album is her. I mean, in in, in your defense, as I quickly look at the song list on the back of this LP, well, she doesn't sing anything in the overture. But, um, (laughs) you know, she sings... Not all these songs, but more of these songs than you would if you were the lead of a normal oh, yeah. musical. It is a it is a very, it, I mean, it's a star vehicle. Yeah, it is it is a star vehicle in a serious way, and even I love the the moment in the show. And if you see it, it it comes out really clearly. Rat tat tat tat, which you love. So good. <laughs> which was my song. At least the beginning of it was because it starts with me. Yes. Oh, with me. <laughs> It starts with Eddie Ryan, the character that I played over 20 years ago, teaching a dance to the like the new Fanny Bryce, like the new star, mm. and then it erupts into that chorus number where you see the number like fully mm-hmm. staged. And you kind of think for a little bit, oh, this is just going to be a chorus number that she's not in. And then she comes yeah. blasting onto the stage as Private Schwartz yeah. from Rockaway. So good. 
And you should, the funny thing about it is you should see it coming when they start listing off yeah, where they're from. I'm private. Uh, from from Wisconsin. Right, yeah. And you're just like, I should, you should totally have seen, yeah, private sports from Rockaway yeah. coming. But you so don't. Good. When we did it, the the chorus girls were all dressed in, like, little bloomers that were red, white, and blue and, like, those mm-hmm. World War I, like, tight-fitting army jackets. And the woman, all right, my friend Carrie, who played Fanny Bryce, came out, like, in, like, a full actual uniform that was tailored a little. <laughs> but it looked so absurd. And she just comes, like, Groucho marching <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> it was really funny. It's a really fun show. It's so good. But heartbreaking. It is Though really not as heartbreaking. depressing. Not, but not as much as the movie. The yes. movie really ramps up. Yes. Their like their split comes very late in the show and it kind of it doesn't come out of nowhere but it feels like okay, we're done now. Like the show has to end, so right. we have to go. We have to get out to his is the music that makes me dance. Which is not even in the movie. No, cuz they replaced it with My Man, which was yeah. Fanny Bryce's song. And which it's is also like, probably it, a better song. It is a much more appropriate song to close the show mm-hmm. with. It is it, and it, it it fits what's going on a little bit more. Yeah. But the movie is very sad. Oh, my man, I love him so. He'll never know. All my life is just despair. But I don't care. When he takes me in his arms, the world is bright. All right. <laughs> One of the reasons I loved Funny Girl so much is it's so imitatable. Like, mm. I knew every weird vocal tick and inflection and all. Because she does all those, like, weird spoken lines. Like, mm-hmm. hi, what a day I oh, had today. God. So, like, all of those <laughs> I knew exactly. And I did that with many albums. I, When I was in the seventh grade or something, we did scenes from musicals and I really wanted to be Annie mm-hmm. but instead I was Nancy and Oliver because I did the Cockney accent and it never mm-hmm. occurred to me not to because I listened to the album right. all the time but I'm sure the other children had no idea but yeah. I I did the like alright alright and don't get my your petticoats in the mud my darling but with like the mm-hmm. crazy accent and right. they were like who is this 10 year old and why does she well, you either have an ear for that or you don't. And I'm yeah. finding, actually, that my son has the same thing. He just, when he does, he loves Wallace and Gromit. And when he does Wallace, he does a North English does accent. He has no idea what he's doing. Right. That's just when you say, cheese, Gromit, we've forgotten the yeah. cheese. Like, that's yeah. how you say that line. Yeah. You don't say it as yourself. No. You say it the way they say it. And I was the same way. You do Woody Allen stand-up. As Woody Allen, you those are that's how you it's they're they're together like that's why the the first jokes I always repeated were Groucho Marx jokes, and you can't do Groucho's jokes without doing his voice. They're not funny if you don't do his cadence. That's what makes those jokes work is the way he tells those jokes. So, I think that's the thing. And I've I've met you know a lot of people in theater who are like that who are just who also. I think a lot of performers get in trouble for this sort of thing where they like move to England to do a show and they come back and you'll see them on some sit like something and they like people are like oh they have a British accent now they're so yeah. pretentious. And I'm like no they they're, they're, they're just on purpose. they're just blending. Yeah. They're just blending in with their environment. Yes. When I dated I dated a girl who lived in New York for a long time and I definitely would leave when I'd visit her in New oh, York. Absolutely. I would leave with a sl- it wouldn't be huge this Little. slight New York accent. My best friend's parents are from South Africa and I grew up at their house basically. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mine as well, but we right. kind of yeah. split time. Right. And 
I picked up all these like weird South African phrases that I still sometimes I'll be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no one knows. No one knows. No, no, no one gets the reference. Confusing <laughs> everyone. Or I'll say like, oh, sis. And people are like, what? That's what a South that? African expression? Oh, yeah. Sis? I, I like that. I don't know what it means, really. Like, right. I couldn't explain it But you know it when to, to say it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know when it's appropriate in a social setting. Yeah. So, and like the way, yeah, I, I would argue that that's maybe one of the reasons why Funny Girl's not done is because people are so attached to her version. It's so specific. Well, it's like King and I. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not up there doing Yul Brenner. Yeah, I don't. Then what are you even doing? I don't like people see it. come, they want to see Yul Brenner. People come to Funny Girl, they want to see Barbara Streisand, and it is. It's also funny for a show that nobody does. Everybody knows it Funny is Girl. Really weird. Though they mostly probably know the movie, but still, everybody knows Funny Girl, and it's for like I say, for a show that's not done much, if ever. It yeah. it, it is really. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's due huge. for a revival, but like. I don't think they would ever be able to find someone who would please everyone. Well, the, the thing is, they need to – this is not the way theater works anymore. But it's the kind of show where, like, they need to have it ready to go. And then when this person comes along, whomever she is, yes. who we don't know is one of the big it's things. Me. I think it's, it's Sophie. Yes, that's <laughs> right. If you're listening, it's Sophie. Um, but that's what it needs to be. It yeah. does actually need to be. Somebody needs to see you in an audition and be like, that's it. That Okay, good. Call, make the call. Like, start the car. We're ready to go yeah. now. You can't make a show that way, though. It takes so many no. years to even get a show, to a revival yeah. going. So they have to find the star first and then do it, which is why I'm kind of like, I don't think Leah Michelle is right for Funny Girl. I think she's physically, it's nothing, it is entirely an attitude thing with me. Her... That sort of bratty confidence she exudes in um, Glee, mm-hmm. which is perfect for that part, is 180 degrees wrong yes. for Fanny Bryce. And I have not seen her do anything that does not have that that sheen on it. It is a lot more connected, though, to her Spring Awakening character. I mean, yes. it's a lot more similar than that. So, I mean, obviously she's done it in the past. Maybe she could do it again. It's hard for me to say because I loved Glee so much at the beginning and then hated it so much by the end. Okay. <laughs> you mean it's an American network television yeah. show? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I feel like I don't really even know what her skills are anymore. I'm not sure. Like, is she funny? I think so. Well, she's, I mean, she can She act. was really funny at the beginning. Yeah. So. Who, I don't know. I mean, I just. I certainly would prefer her to Lauren Ambrose. No offense, Lauren Ambrose. Right. Great. Still, call me. Call right. me. Have you been watching Gilmore Guys? Because they do that all the time. I, or oh, to I, I have listened to Gilmore yeah. Guys. Yes. And they do. Yes. Please come, we want, yeah. please come on the show. Come on the show. Absolutely. No, anybody. Call me. Come yeah. on the show. Um, yeah. Um, but I feel like the, the other problem is, like, when Barbara Streisand did Funny Girl, she was not Barbara Streisand yet. No. This show made her Barbara Streisand. Yes. So. In that case, that's what needs to happen again. It needs to be Sophie Schulman. It needs to be someone that the world has not seen yet and right. has no opinion about and can go, oh, it's Fanny Bryce. Like yeah. that's And it's the magic of, to me, that's the other thing. It's like it is the magic of Fanny Bryce working through Barbara Streisand where they have this connection. That is, they are both the sim- similar kind of performers of the same ethnic background in two, you know, 50 years apart mm-hmm. in time, but connected by this common thread that makes it a transcendent kind of thing, funny girl. And if you look at old photos or videos of Fanny Bryce, mm-hmm. their faces are maybe kind of similar, but they don't look alike. Like, we no. just buy it. Right. She's She was tall. Mm-hmm. Like, 
She was also built. I mean, Fanny Bryce was big. Like she had broad shoulders, and she was she was overall not what you saw in a Corrine, like in a very right. real way from the top down. Like Barbara Streisand's just, as we say, kind of offbeat looking, right. n- non-traditional leading lady. And Fanny Bryce is much stranger looking. Mm-hmm. So we just buy it because they tell us she's Fanny Bryce. So great. Yeah, because Barbara Streisand's more Patti Lapone than Fanny Bryce. Yes. In their, in their types. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just, oh no, I get, like she's, she's just not, she's not blonde. I mean, basically. Right. Yeah, like exactly. that's the thing. So I agree. Like it should be... Some yeah, random person. Which is the fort, but you'll never get that show financed. That was originally the plan. They did like a nationwide video right. submission, and then they chose Lauren Ambrose. Right. Because they couldn't get it financed. I mean, but you can't yeah. get like this, this show will cost so many millions of dollars to mount, and there's no, there's no, like, you can't cast. Like, who gives a crap who's playing Nikki Arnstein? I like, know, okay, fine. Cast cast Christian Borle as Nikki Arnstein. We love Omar Sharif. I love Sidney Chaplin on this recording, too. Cast, um, I don't, I'm blanking on people, but, like, cast the mother. Make that a star mm-hmm. part. Cast the friend. Like, no matter, if you stack all these people, it doesn't matter. You're coming to see right. Fanny, and that's who you're buying tickets for. So, like, the only way to do it would be to mount... This con like like a televised concert version of it with this unknown actress or something like that. Yeah. But they then seem to be better at that, like the hairspray right. or all the surrounding roles. See now that I'm very excited. But I, I'm very excited about hairspray too. But that that would be a way to revive this show, is to do it live. Yeah. Because then you could cast, like you say, an unknown Fanny because. Yeah. It's television, so now we can cast all. It's one night only. We can cast all these major movie stars yeah, the most in this part, and then it can go forward. And that would be that'd be a great way to revive it. So whoever's listening, go ahead, take that, make do it, that, make and it then happen. Just take it to Broadway afterwards, right? Or take it on tour or whatever you yeah. want to do with it. But that's the only way to get it with that unknown playing Fanny Bryce. But I feel at this point we've been like the world has been talking about a Funny Girl revival so much. And then they had the one in London, and apparently it was great. I mean, apparently that was very yeah, successful. Yeah, like I feel open to seeing someone else in it. It's been a long time, <laughs> like. Not, I mean, not besides me. I, mean, I like the way you Barbara said that. Like, Streisand. I'm open to other people. Like, I wanted to, but I'm open to. No, no, I'm open to, I'm open to, to your to suggestions. To a not Barbara Streisand production right. of Funny Girl. Well, good, because you're not going to get a Barbra Streisand production of Funny Girl. <laughs> I just feel like everything else has been revived 57 times in between. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need another Les Mis. Well, don't you? No, you I don't. really we don't. don't. We don't need another Les Mis. And I, I, don't... I recently, because Fun Home's closing. I think it's closing this week. Yeah, very depressing. Yeah, I'm sad about that too. But, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It, I mean, it's going on tour. And I'm going to see it. I think I'm going to try to see it on tour because it's not going to be in the round and I'll be fascinated to see it. Yeah. Like in proscenium's. But anyway. But I said to my wife, I was sad that it was closing. I mean, it ran for 500, whatever, 20 some yeah. performances. Good run. Mm-hmm. And she made this comment of like, things need to close to make them precious. These things need to go away and come back. And I was sort of like, and part of me is like, no, this is the best show I've ever seen. It should run for a billion performances. It should be the longest running. But then you go, no, she's right. Like, Yeah, I just wish that applied to everything. It needs to go away. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, is you, like Phantom, you need to go away. Phantom really does need I would not be so, I'm not mad. I mean, whatever, who cares? I'm not mad about Phantom running because that'd be a silly waste of energy. But I wouldn't be so kind of bitter about it if, if his lordship hadn't paid to keep cats open running at a loss, so it would be the longest-running show on Broadway. Yeah. If he hadn't done that... And now it's back. 
and now it's back. But that's but see, that's fine. Whatever. If he'd let Cats close when it closed, then it would be like the fifth longest running show on Broadway history. And then Phantom just happens to go right. all the way out. And then I'd be like, oh, that's just that's what it is. Like he right. he had a close one, and then he had the big one. But he paid to keep Cats open. So Cats is number two. Although it might not be anymore. I think Chicago might have passed it. Probably. But Chicago's going to pass it. So that'll be. But so he's got one and three. So I was going to ask you. I'll ask you because I. I so the audience can find out, but uh-huh. I think I know the answer. What is your favorite song in Funny Girl? In this I, recording of Funny Girl? I think you will be surprised to oh. hear that my favorite is actually Greatest Star. Oh, not Cornette Man. I, was I do Cornette love Man. Cornette Man, yeah. but that was the one that I knew every way that she said every line. That's great. And it's a great song. And I got to sit great. on stage and watch it be performed every night we did it because she sings so, Daddy. Yeah. She does. And it's so good. Yeah. And it's so her. It really, I mean, the sh- the songs they left in for the movie are the ones that you absolutely you cannot have. take out. You yeah. cannot take out on the greatest star. You cannot take out Don't Rain on My Parade. Which I... I people. I got it. Oh, God, I hate people. I hate people. I hate people. Why? So much. People. It's schmaltzy in the best way. But it has nothing to do with her. <laughs> and also, like, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. That's the other thing. It doesn't, thing. but it is but really beautiful. And I, I don't that. mind. I don't mind a beautiful schmaltzy song, especially like I mean, I hate songs like that that like s- the brakes get slammed on. Mm-hmm. But a similar song in another Julie Stein show is "Little Lamb." Little lamb. Little lamb. My birthday is here at last, little lamb, little lamb, a birthday goes by so fast. And I love little lamb because it's it's about Louise. Yes. People is not about anything. (laughs) It is but not about. Is the best. I can't. No, we're talking about people. I. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I, I still love it. And Ju- it comes Julie after. Julie Stein, if you're still if you're listening. I don't think he is. I think he's dead. Um, <laughs> gonna gonna say he come is. Come on the show. Come on the show. We'd love to have you. Come on. It comes right after Henry Street too. That's quite a one-two punch. Yeah, I like gotta, Henry you Street. Get you Henry like Street. people. To then you are a woman. God. Also a great number. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you are a woman. I know. I will say one song that the movie does better, I think, than the than the show is Sadie Sadie. I yes. like Sadie Sadie more as a duet than as a it chorus is really number. Good. Well, this is great, Sophie. Thank you so much for coming down. Thanks for having, having me. This is great. The original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Jeffrey Madison, Tom Fish, Imani Mular, and the tireless staff of students who run the front desk. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. You can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to the original cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please give us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Sophie Schulman for coming down and talking to me today. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Bye.